should we go into the episode? Let's do it. Right. So, go on. Pidgey, do do you have do you have fond or strong memories of of Pidgey from your childhood, Tom? Um, yes. Um, so, I definitely had a Pidgey, and I'm pretty sure that um, I don't think that Pidgey was the first Pokemon that I came across. Um, um, but I do remember catching a Pidgey, and Pidgey is potentially the first Pokemon I ever caught. Um, and there's a version, I want to say, a version of Pokemon Blue that I had, that I played, and I realised early on that if you uh, just use the same Pokemon, uh, you can like level them up really quickly. And <laughs> uh, You realised that, did you? I did. Um, I, <laughs> as I said that, the moment I said it, I was like, I was like oh, the... 10 year old me just bubbled to the surface then like that logic just came straight out of my mouth um <laughs> but um but yeah so i've had a pidgey and pidgey and pidgeot specifically became my main for that particular run through and in the pidgeot episode i'm gonna mention what happened to that pidgeot because uh it, it's also th that pidgeot is the reason why i don't have mains anymore because uh, it didn't no. end, it didn't end well um, there we go. There's a little bit of a of a tag or a hook to get people on for the Pidgeot episode. episode? Um, so um, I'm pretty sure that Pidgeot, similar to Catapy, similar to Weedle, I feel like everybody's had a Pidgey at some point. Particularly if you came yeah. at Gen One, and I had one, and it was it was my favourite for a very long time. I'm a big fan. Nice. So in in, when I first played Generation 1 games, I, I was very much the kind of person who just over-leveled my starter and everything else just sat in a fucking box, um, which is not a great strategy, but I fucking won all the time, so I didn't need to change it. Um, and I remember I, I have played through the Generation 1 games countless times, it's not like, oh, I've played through once or twice. It's like, I played through these games maybe hundreds of times because I didn't have other games. I just played these ones. Um, so I remember having bashed through with all three starter Pokemon at, like, level 100 and everything else, just, like, the level I caught it at because you don't get the experience share until after you defeat the Elite Four in Red and Blue. Um... And, like, never, like, only really levelling stuff up to evolve. Um, and then dumping it. Because I wanted the decks. But I remember going down towards the Indigo Plateau with my party of a, I don't know, whatever starter I had at the time. Uh, surprisingly high-level Pidgey, all things considered, a Rattata, um, maybe a Spearow if I'd caught one yet, going that way and then meeting the rival. And usually my approach was just to just to use my starter and like potions to fix it. And then my Pidgey did surprisingly well 
beating the other trainer's Pokemon. I was really pleased. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll use Pidgey and more things then. Um, I'm sort of figuring out quite late game that like some Pokemon were good and not just the starters. Um, but I vividly remember a Pidgey kind of saving my ass when I thought all hope was lost. And from then on, I definitely made an effort to keep my Pidgey a, a better level so that I had like a secondary in a way. Um, particularly in run-throughs where I picked Squirtle as my starter. Because I think Pidgey can be quite valuable early on. Um, in that it's whichever starter you pick, it's decently effective against your opponent's starter. But if you've got Squirtle, it's super effective against Bulbasaur. So having something that's super effective against your opponent that early on, I think is definitely a big boon. Um, like I tend to avoid Pidgey now because I like having dual types on my team and I don't like having normal types on my team. Um, so if I have a flying type, I liked, I like using the Fletchling evolutionary line. I've had quite a few Talonflames. I also do a lot of Pokemon breeding for shinies. So I like that Talonflame hatches eggs quicker with its flame body. Um, I like Rookity. Rookity was a good one, Flying and Steel. Slow, but, and like, here is the thing, with Rookity and Fletchling, I, I, I always approach those games going, but I don't want, like, my second main partner to be the obvious choice of the first bird Pokemon you meet. But because they're really quality dual types, I can't not. It's so easy to like fall into that trap and be like, actually, yeah, I want this one on my team. Um, but I, I never, like, when I get a Pidgey, I always kind of think it's going to be too easy to have Pidgey art on my team. And I try to avoid it. And then uh, because Pidgey is very useful going through that forest, for sure, uh, I usually end up with a Pidgeot on my team, even if I don't want one. Uh, when I'm playing a game with with a Pidgey in it, particularly if it's an early level game, I recently I recently replayed Pokemon Let's Go, and I thought I'm going to mix it up a bit. I'm actually going to consciously decide not to use the obvious Pokemon on my team. So I had an Eevee because I've got Let's Go Eevee, so you get an Eevee. Um, and I tried to avoid using Pidgey. I was like, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a Spearow because it's so like Pidgey is the default one. Cause it's, it's like, it's like we were talking about Beedrill and Butterfree. Butterfree was on Ash's team. So it's the good one. Beedrill's the pointy one. So it's the bad, scary one. So I was like, Pidgey is the good one. Cause Pidgeot is on Ash's team. Spearow is the bad, scary one, so people avoid it. I was like, what if I try a Spearow? And I did not use the Spearow. I ended up sticking with Pidgey again. <laughs> like, my Pidgeotto on that game now is so much better than the Spearow I wanted to be on my team that I just gave up and put the Spearow in the box. Yeah, that, I've had that happen where I've, like, I've given a Pokemon a chance and it's been on there on the team for a little while and I just feel like it's it's increasingly just not doing quite what I want it to and I have to kind of swap it out um I, I was going to mention 
like Spiro, because uh, like, like you say, that is the kind of that's the kind of duality that comes in with with this uh, with this generation, uh, Pidgey and Spiro, and I think that Spiro not only because of the anime, but if I'm right, I think it comes in later as well. Uh, I want to say your first encounter, like this- yeah. So you'll meet Pidgey and Rattata on Route One immediately out of Pallet Town. Spiro is in Viridian City, kind of. So you have to get through Route 1 to Viridian City and then you go left to towards Indigo Plateau and Spiro is in that little patch of grass. But there are also Pidgey and Rattata and less common are Spiro and the two Nidorans. So that like you have to go uh, that was another one I tried to use. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a Nidoran. I'm gonna like that's gonna be my poison Pokemon. I didn't. Yeah. I've already given up on it. The Nido King I had was shit. Well I mean I didn't like using I did Let's Go Pikachu and I mm-hmm. and the thing that really helped me was that um so I wasn't expecting it. I came across a shiny oddish um, mm-hmm. which is the reason why I've got Gloom as the uh, as like my little mascot for this. Yeah. Uh, but the fact it was shiny and the first shiny I'd ever caught um, made me go, okay, so this here feels like a Pokemon that I'll like have on the team. And because it was a Pokemon that I'd never had before, um, it made me go, uh, okay, so this is... Uh, um, I, I then built the po- the team around this Pokemon that I didn't expect to get. Yeah. Um, and because otherwise I'd have probably just got myself like a Venusaur again. Um, yeah. But because I had, there was no point in having a Venusaur and a Vileplume. So I was like, right, well, I'm sticking with Vileplume. And I, I like, I respected that Pokemon. Like, I was like, I was so impressed by like how much I enjoyed using it. And then I kind of built the rest of the team around it. Um, but I have had instances where I've picked up Pokemon and I've been like, okay, I'm going to use you and and I'm hoping that you're going to become like a member of the team. And then just over time, I've been like, either they've not got the defense I need or the or the attack strength that I need. Like, I'm trying to think of one yeah. that, that happened with. Um, so, like, I feel like that's happened with... Um, oh, who's that happened with? Uh, I feel like that... Oh, I tried a Wubbuffet for ages, and I just can't seem. All to, right. I just can't seem to get the mechanics down. Um, I think Wubbuffet is one of those ones that you do have to. Um, you've got to have an idea of how you're going to use it strategically. You can't go in and just brute force it, you know, because it's it's primary move is counter, which means you have to know how to capitalize on that defense. And use your opponent's strength against them, yeah. which you know it's so much easier just to brute force your way through it with like type advantages and high levels. Yeah, so much easier. I've I've thought of another two that uh, well Go on. more one and a half. Uh, I do like uh, I do like Shedinja, uh, and mm-hmm. I try to do Shedinja and Ninjask, and I was impressed enough by the kind of concept of Shedinja. That I kept Shedinja, but over time I felt like even though Ninjask was so fast, um, 
it's like its defense was like I can't I can't conceivably keep you on the team, so I had to like get yeah, yeah. Um, I get that. But yeah, um, with with Pidgey, I feel like Pidgey is like such a for me. I feel like it's such a good kind of all round. Um, I think it also helps the fact that a uh, fly is a is a useful HM. Mm. It's one of the few. It is. Yeah, like in the first generation, probably one of the probably two, yeah, possibly two decent HMs like fly. Yeah, and I feel like the other one surf, and the other yeah, the others are rubbish. Like you know, yeah, and the fact that you Ash can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, um, like uh, cup, not very good. I remember the first time um I had to put cut on a Pokemon, and yeah, like the only Pokemon I could have it on was my starter. So then I had this, mm. this Charizard that I like that had this move on that I like didn't like. And I remember that was kind of the first time that I was like, right, I don't particularly like the fact that the HMs are like stuck. Uh, I feel like they've gotten the HMs down a lot better in more recent... Yeah. Years. Yeah, I like that they don't take up a move anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought the, like, let's go thing where it's like your starter learns all these moves that normally human beings are supposed to do was weird. I didn't love that. Mm-hmm. Like, because it implies that you live in a world where human beings can just randomly fly. Um, well... But... Yeah, I mean, um, the, the Wright brothers would uh, would take issue with that. Um, but yeah, so I I had kind of yeah. I think fly is definitely a very good move. I think it's very, um, it's yeah. I think yeah, you're right. Fly and surf are just the good ones. Yeah. They're the ones you don't mind taking up a space. I did I did really appreciate like. You know, I don't know if the logic always made sense, but like not having to take up a space on your party's um, attacks definitely appreciated in later games. Yeah, like yeah. I'm glad you don't have to carry around an HM slave, so you've got like a level 100 fucking Rattata because it's been sitting in your party with the XP share on, mm. and like it's got Rock Smash and Cart and um, Flash or whatever else Rattata can actually learn strength. Yeah. I mean, it it does it winds it, it like it winds me up. There's a couple of generations where like I definitely think of like where HMs like wound me up. Uh, I think generation three is that where you've got like yeah. fall and dive and surf and I'm fairly, yeah. and I'm fairly certain that if like like for alligator is considered like one of the best like starters. And there's a good chance that you might have a for alligator that has then got that's just basically your HM slave surf. Waterfall, whirlpool, and cut. Yeah. <laughs> Dive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I've definitely done that. And I mean, we've not mentioned it on the channel. I don't think. I don't think we've mentioned it. But one of the first things that me and you got chatting about was I don't know if you remember this. Bidoof. Yeah. No, um, I do. Yeah. I remember. And... I sent you sent you all the Bidoof butt pictures I took on Pokemon Snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Is it yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, uh, what, do they, what do they call it now? Uh, what's that dance move that Miley Cyrus does? Um, twerking. Yeah, twerking. All those Bidoof twerking. Um, yeah. But, um, but like, I really like Bidoof. You really like Bidoof. And Bidoof is, like, considered a, a HM slave. And it's like, it's like, 
they deserve so much more than that. Yeah, I think I think the same can be said for a lot of those like early stage rodent Pokemon, because yeah. especially if, like in this generation, and we should probably be saving this for the Raptor episode to be honest, because you need something with cut, and you don't want it to be your starter. It's gonna be your Raptor, you know, or it's gonna if you if you're lucky enough to have caught like a Bell Sprout or something, which are around but rare, you know, in those early bits of the game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do. I, I think that Pidgey is a, is a decent all-around Pokemon. Uh, and I think the fact that Fly is a decent HM, like, definitely helps. And I remember, like, when I got Fly and I was like, and it was like, oh, you can, like, you can just, like, fast travel now. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's like, that's just going to speed everything up, like, so much. Because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I should save this. All the way for the Articuno episode, but that's going to be ages away. Uh, I was never able to work out how to do uh, the Seafoam Islands. Um, All right. Um, so what I used what I used to do was um, I would fly to Pallet Town, surf down, uh, and get to um, uh, Cinnabar Island that way. Um, just because I just could not, you know, the the puzzle where you've got to put the the rocks in so yeah. I just could not work it out. So um so for me, like Fly unlocked other opportunities in order for me to kind of mm. like speed through the game. Yeah. We'll come I'm sure we'll come back to this when we talk about Arcano, but I actually wish there were more puzzles like the Seafoam Islands. I really like the challenge of it. Mm. And it's like the fact that you can just miss Articuno entirely and it's not handed to you. I think was so good compared to the way that now they just give you legendaries. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck off, make it, make me work for it. Mm. I don't care about this legendary now because you just gave me one. Everyone's fucking got one. Mm. And like, I think that kind of ties back to Pidgey in that when I, like, if I worked that hard to get my Articuno, I was, it felt more worthwhile giving up the Pidgey I have with me since it was a level 2 Pidgey. Whereas now, I'm just given a legendary. I don't even use it once. I just put it straight in the box. Because, like, I've raised these Pokemon. I've trained these Pokemon. I did not have to work for this legendary. I have to solve a puzzle. Didn't have to find it hidden in some far-flung corner of the map. Like, and even if there was, there is a bit of a puzzle... Like they're kind of handed to you on a plate still. Like the answers are right there. I realize I'm an adult now, but even now going back and playing blue, I am sure because there is like so little guidance, you have to do so much on your own. I would appreciate Seafoam Islands and the puzzle in those caves more than I do the new ones. Yeah, playing as an adult who's already done it a million times and knows exactly what to do. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of... So I... I can't remember if I mentioned it, but uh, I, had a, I had a gap after Ruby and came back in at Platinum. And I remember, um, like, I just had to download Victini and then literally... Just, yeah. You know, you just jumped on a boat, went up a, up some stairs, and then you got it. And In um, Pokemon Let's Go, if you've got, I think, the previous two games saved on your switch you just get given like jirachi yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. another and mew yeah at like and you you just get them in the second and you've got two legendaries 
at like level five that you can then just have on your team from the beginning and i'm like i i feel like this is too much a case of if you've bought more of our stuff you get more pokemon for in your game i don't like that um and because like you know some kids don't have the opportunity to buy those things and where are they going to get those pokemon from like i think if you can't get it in the game like it shouldn't be a case of you buy something in the real world to get it i really that makes me very uncomfortable um i think it's quite exclusionary to like low-income families uh and children these games are targeted at children that are too young to understand what that means you know um and I also think it's just it's too easy. Like I want to feel like I don't didn't care about that Mew or that Jirachi because they were just given to me. I wanted to earn it. Yeah. I never got a Mew in uh, Red and Blue, and I one hundred percent know that if I had managed to get a Mew, I would have cherished it mm. more than I have cherished any Mew I've had since. Yeah. I say I've I've had I've had Mews uh, because uh, when I was a kid I had a Game Shark. Um, so, um, I, I got a Mew doing that. Uh, oh, I tell you, I do have a Mew that I consider, consider to be mine, which was, mm -hmm. um, um, I bought a, uh, so, I definitely not mention this on the, um, on the podcast, but, uh, when I was about 11 or 12, my house burnt down when I was a kid, and, um, there was only like certain things from my house that I like saved. So like my Pokemon card collection uh, was from my house. Um, so like, so like, I'll probably never get it. I'll probably never like sell it. Uh, you know, not that it's like probably worth anything. You know, because I like played with it, so it's not like yeah it's, like, high graded or anything. But um, no, but it's got sentimental value yeah. to you. And but as a result, my copies of Red and Blue are not my original copies, and. Um, what I did was uh, so I had a Nintendo 64 with Pokemon Stadium on it and I bought these copies of Red and Blue from a market and then copied the Pokemon over to Stadium um, and then like restarted the game and one yeah. of the Pokemon that was, there wasn't many on it by the way either, but one of the Pokemon that was on it was a Mew and whether or not it was a legitimate nice. one, I do not know. But the fact that I kind of saved it from this cartridge and then put it back on, I kind yeah. of consider that to be mine. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You've gone out of your way to preserve that. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of them using the, it was. I don't know. I don't know how easy it was to clone shit in the original games because I was a child. Um, but I think the original games you could get a Mew by going to like a Toys R Us event. And, like, I, I, my parents were never going to pay me to anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've had a Mew, and, uh, and I have used a Mew in my, uh, in my adventures. But whether or not it was a legitimate one, I do not know. But I yeah. do know, as a little segue back in, that my Pidgey was legitimate because... Yeah. Because <laughs> I... Uh, I feel like you've got to be really committed to piracy to bother to fake a Pidgey. Yeah. Oh, well, do you know what? I I think I probably did at some point, and I'll tell you why. Because on gold and silver, there was definitely a uh, an option on the game shot to, like, uh, have all the Pokemon that you encounter be shinies. So... I ah. And I remember catching in the wild, like, near, like, New Bart Town. So, like, this gives you an idea of how, how unlegitimate this is. 
uh, a shiny uh, a shiny Charizard uh, in the world. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, so, like, you know, before when I was like, oh, I've never caught a shiny before. I have, but they don't count. Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't count. Um, um, but yes, uh, Pidgey, yeah. uh, like I say, I think is, is a decent Pokemon. Should we have a look at the decks? Yeah, let's do it. I think Pidgey, yeah, solid, solid early game Pokemon. Set the kind of bar for, you know, the kind of flying types you encounter early on. Okie doke, so, uh, we, oh, let's just check that that's on, yeah. Yeah, so we've got uh, so we've got Pidgey there. Um, I tell you, I don't know if you do this when after you've like done the drawing, you like look at, at the, the actual picture and like see how <laughs> how correct you were. But when I saw this, I was like, I was like, none of my Pokemon that I drew this week <laughs> look anything anything like the official artwork. Um, okay. That's okay. Like I feel like. Showing the personality that they take on in your memory is cool. Well, thank you, thank you. Don't forget to big that up when you put it on the competition. <laughs> okay, Doke, so we've got we've got a uh, Pidgey. It is a common sight in forests and woods. It flaps its wings at ground level to kick blinding sand. Uh, oh, tell you what, that's made me remember. Uh, so during the period of uh, of like when I had my first Pidgey. Um, the idea of sand attack was worthless to me. Yeah, in the in the show, right? Sand attack will like blind someone, and it will put an end to the whole battle. In the game, it's shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was so disappointed when I tried to use sand attack, thinking it was gonna like clinch it, and uh, the battle would be won. And actually, sweet fuck all happened, and then someone killed my Pidgey. Well, that's very much how I felt, and I felt like it very much stacked against you. I feel like your Pidgey gets sand attacked, it won't be able to attack from that point on. You attack the... Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, miraculously, it critical hitted me again. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so no, no question whatsoever. I'm thinking, come yellow, is this part of the anime? Is this the anime's influence that is very docile? Because, like, is that from the fact that they've made Spiro the more like the more like sinister one? I feel like at this stage, it was probably pre-decided before the anime was written. But like, yeah, I think this is this is one that you can definitely see the influence of the character in the show because like those early episodes, um, you know, there was a lot of Ash in that initial little bit on his own, not knowing what the fuck he was doing. Mm. Um, I feel like the next one kind of kind of implies that Pidgey's a little bit stronger than I expect. Because it, it sticks with the trying to avoid battles, but then, you know, enemies are blown away by Whirlwind when, like, how, well, how high a level does a Pidgey have to be to learn Whirlwind? Because it doesn't get it before it evolves into Pidgeotto if you are raising well, one. Let's find out. Let's find out the quick. Uh, 
Can it learn? Can it learn? Whirlwind. Uh, move. Set. Animate only moves. TCG only moves. We, we may have to stick a pin in that. Because uh, <laughs> um, that was not... Yeah, something. it doesn't say. It just says... Oh, hang on. Uh, I don't know what you're looking at, but this... So, in Generation 1, by levelling up, it's got Gust at level 1, Sand Attack at 5, Quick Attack at 12, Whirlwind at 19. So it oh, only yeah. learns Whirlwind if you don't evolve it into Pidgeotto. Mm. So... That's... Yeah. That sounds like Stadium That's Professor interesting. probably had a vodka when... Uh... Or maybe he's just got like a really old... Pidgey that doesn't want to evolve, which is also fair. Yeah. And like, but maybe he he's extrapolating to all Pidgeys something that only happens to the Pidgeys that don't want to evolve. And he's like, yeah, 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 Pidgey can fuck shit up, and it's like, but only a Pidgey with the the level of a Pidgeotto can can fuck shit up. Yeah. But and he could have put that. No wonder Professor Oak thinks Stadium Professor's a dick. <laughs> uh, this bit here about it usually hides in tall grass like that feels like just an excuse for them to put more pidgeys in the game yeah maybe don't all pokemon hide in the tall grass yeah apart from uh combi yes and, yeah and teddy ursa is teddy ursa you... the one that comes to the if you smear honey on the tree i think there are a few that come if you smear honey on the tree but you can still, you can still um, catch them in long grass, depending on like what game you're playing and in which area. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's mostly about hiding in the grass and flapping up sand. Yeah. Up if... until Ruby, where we get Pidgey has an extremely sharp sense of direction. It is capable of unerringly returning home to its nest, however far it may be removed from familiar surroundings, which I think is a, a, a fun extra detail. No. Um, and then it goes back to doesn't like fighting, hides in the grass, forages bugs. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, that tracks. Yeah, with the uh, with the anime. Well, uh, do you know what? Right, weirdly, right, I had this in my head of being like, should I have should I have Pidgey like trying to eat a worm that is like not a Pokemon? And then I was like, no. I mean, is there a worm Pokemon? Uh. Like an actual worm. I mean, it depends what you classify as a worm, because there are... <laughs> Diglett has been suggested in the chat. There's Orthworm, which is a newer one. It's a Generation 9 Pokemon, which is like a steel type. And it, it is a worm, but it's like a massive steel worm with like segmented metallic bits of body. Apart, I mean, apart from that, I feel like everything that could be a worm Pokemon could also be uh, a caterpie. Uh, not a cat, a caterpillar. Yeah, because um, they're they're kind of like blurred. I think a lot of bugs are blurred into each other. Because if you know what I mean. Yeah, for me, a worm would have to be pink and like and like no legs. 
Like, I f um, like for me, Diglett. Uh, yeah. As much as I don't know what it's under, what its underside looks like, for me, I've always imagined it as more of a mole. I always thought of it as more of a mole, like not as explicitly a mole as like Excadrill, but like I always thought of it as like a mole. But I think. I don't, I can't really think, apart from Orthworm, which is obviously a very new one, um, and also has some distinctions that make it not just any other bug, I do think that the early bug types that you meet that might be a worm are more like caterpillars. Uh. And I think that makes sense because then you've got the obvious transition of caterpillar cocoon something that flies and that's the normal progression for a bug type you meet early on as opposed to um i don't know worm not really evolving into anything <laughs> yeah. worms just stay worms their whole lives yeah that would be unless you just get a worm that evolves into a bigger worm <laughs> um, I, um I mean yeah what would you make like or more worms like like magneton um, yeah, uh, but you know, if it turns out that Diglett's got a big long body, I'll happily, I'll happily concede that. I don't think we want to get into. Um, <laughs> I don't think we want to get into the, the the internet theories of what Diglett is. Not today. No, not today. I'm going to do some shots when we do the Diglett episode. I think I'm going to need them. Uh, well, yeah, do a shot every time the internet says something disturbing about what Diglett might be. I will die. Yeah, I was going to say, we're um, cirrhosis of the liver, conductria. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't... I think, like, in the early episodes of Pokemon where you first meet Pidgey, you do see, like, non-Pokemon animals. Mm. You see Pidgeys pecking at worms, and you yeah. see, like, fish that aren't water-type Pokemon. They're just fish. Yeah. And you definitely see, like, them talking about food... Yeah. in a way that's like what are you eating like what what are these eggs from is that a pokemon egg or is it an execute have you got actual chicken somewhere yeah so i feel like this is one of those things that it's like we don't we don't think too hard about it yeah but that was the thing like because like i've got a vivid memory of a diglet um <laughs> eating like a worm out the ground and that must be from uh sorry a pidgey um, eating a yeah. worm out of the ground. Diglett. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Diglett's just a bad lad. It just eats anything that it comes across. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I've got like a vivid memory of a Pidgey uh, eating a worm out of the ground. And I must have got that from the anime. Um, yeah. And They do show Pidgey scratching at the ground and pulling out worms. And that worm's got to be like an actual worm rather than a... There's like... A caterpie is nearly as big as a Pidgey. It's not eating the caterpies. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a Pokemon trainer out there who's just got a worm in a Pokeball <laughs> because no one's told him that it's not an actual Pokemon? <laughs> I would love that. Because <laughs> there is, there's that episode where they're talking about, oh, I don't even remember the context, but like Jessie sends out her Ekans and they have a thing it's like this look at this weasel is going to eat it and it's like but they don't have a weasel pokemon they were using an actual weasel in that bit you know so where'd that weasel come from and where are the other weasels mm. um so yeah i think we have to assume there are real worms yeah but as i say i just i just love the idea of, of pikachu i choose you and then follow by some trainer going 
worm. <laughs> She's and it's just a worm flopping around on the floor. <laughs> and immediately gets eaten by a Pidgey. Yeah. Um, I think like it's canon that like Pidgeotto eat Caterpie and things like that. There's that sort mm -hmm. of circle of life because obviously, uh, Ash tries to get his Caterpie to fight a Pidgeotto and gets shouted at. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think Pidgeys. I mean, either have are regurgitated Caterpie from a parent Pidgeotto or Pidgeot. Mm -hmm is always an option, a gross option, but an option nonetheless, mm. or real-world worms. Uh, and, you know, it does raise the question, where where does Pokemon end and where does Animal begin? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Right, shall we head back into the Pokedex entries? Yes. I feel like yes. They, they don't... I've had a little scroll down, and they don't get much more diverse than what we've already seen. It's docile and prefers to avoid conflict, however can ferociously strike back. Hides into a grass, kicks up sands. Common in the grass is docile, flaps up sand. Docile, avoids context, can conflict, can strike back. Common in woods, kicks up sand. Avoids context, can strike... Uh, fuck me. Avoid conflict, can strike back. So is Short the, sense of direction again in Sapphire. Is um is the um is the com is the kind of implication then that the battles with Pidgey are you attacking them rather than the other way I around? I guess. Yeah, it's gotta be. Um if it's like, you know, not disturbing anyone. Yeah. Just chilling, doing its own thing, and then you appear out of nowhere and it, it feels threatened and gets you. Yeah, so, I mean, that almost makes us the bad guys. Yeah, I mean, we are. Yeah. We're, like, going going into their home and catching them and then attacking them and leaving them dazed on the floor for their friends to find. Yeah, presumably eat. Yeah. Do you think any? Yeah. Do you think any Pokemon? Do you think that Sparrow eat Pidgey? I think Ekans eat Pidgey, uh. and I feel like what would be a fun game mechanic is if you defeat enough Pidgey and leave them lying around, is Ekans start to appear? Oh. Like how how frequently a Pokemon appears depends on how much of their prey you've left lying around unconscious. Oh. I think that would be a fun mechanic to introduce. Yeah. And they could do it. I think it would be a really fun way of establishing the relationships that exist within the the natural wild Pokemon world. Mm. I'd like that. I'd like to see that in future games. Yeah. Why aren't Nintendo paying me? Yes, I, I, I agree. I think that anyone who, who's watching or listening to this podcast, they should share this podcast as much as they can, specifically also to people who work at Nintendo so that we can uh, work at Nintendo eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I want to be on the ideas team. I want to be on the artwork team. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so, so yes, um, should we have a look through the Smogon rating then next? Let's do it. Which I think will probably be, um, I'm guessing this is going to be quite low. Yeah. Okay, so there they are. Um, uh, the little cup 
so again that's like that's like Pokemon that haven't haven't evolved. Uh, I'm not surprised that they're in the little cup um, rather than like never used because I feel like they are a kind of an all-round they're probably quite well known as like being a, a fairly decent Pokemon and um, like they um, they're, they're quite popular as well. Yeah I think yeah I don't it is not the one of the evolutionary line you're going to see doing competitive battling. But uh, but yeah, I think I think they're doing all right. Um, I'd be interested to see if I mean down the line if Spiro is in the little cup or if they're in the never used bracket. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that will be interesting. Tune in when you do that that episode to find out. Yes, there we go. I, I like this. We've got we've got little hooks for all the future episodes. Um, <laughs> so uh, should we do our um, should we do our uh, talking rubbish rating for Pidgey? Yeah, I, I get the feeling uh, that we're going to be different on this one. Yeah, yeah. go on. What's yours? I'm going to give it a six. A six. Which all right. I'm guessing you're thinking is too high. Yeah, I was going to go for a four. Because like I like I like Pidgey, but every time I've had one on my team, it's been against my will. Like I don't set <laughs> I out to have will. a Pidgey art, you know. It's I'm like, oh, I'll try something different. I'll figure out something new, and then I don't. I just go with the Pidgey because it's there first, and I feel like that. I feel like the linear progression of the Pokemon games traps me into having a Pidgey that I don't really want. Uh, I think that that's fair. I think that that's fair. Um, and I think it's also partly due to the fact that, in my opinion, it is a, a lot better than Spearow. Uh, even though I've never really had a Spearow beyond catching it and sticking it in a box. Um, whereas yeah. you've had one. But I got the feeling mm. that if I had one it would have been a similar experience where I had it for a little while and then just eventually was like well, why, why am I bothering with this rather than just either getting myself a Pidgey or waiting later on in the game and then getting myself uh, like a, a, a Zapdos or a Moltres yeah I get that I think I think Pidgey is a really solid first flying type but even in its original game there are better flying types Okay. Uh, do you care to care to um, give any of them a little name drop? You got Charizard. You've got all of the legendary birds. Um, you know, I think having those options. I know they're not they're like later stage options, and like Pidgey's a good option for where it is. But if it wasn't for the fact that it appeared so early, I wouldn't bother with it. Mm. It's only... I, I use Pidgey out of convenience. Yeah. Uh, I think it would... I think it would change up slightly if they... Like, there's no real reason why they can't have Pidgey and Spearow, like, basically en route to... Uh, yeah. I mean, it might be a tiny bit confusing, but uh, I think that if Spearow came earlier, you'd probably have a tiny bit more of a divide between those who like Pidgey yeah. and those who like Spearow. I think that's true. Because also, it's not like you just go Route 2 and then you can just pop over to the bit in Viridian City. You go Route 2 and then you go back down and then you go back up. So you've got all that additional time mm. uh, 
delivering those parcels and getting your Pokedex and your Pokeballs. Yeah. You've got all that additional time bonding with the wild Pidgeys yeah. and Rattata. And I think that's why you end up with more people having a Raticate than like a Nidoking or Nidoqueen because you get your Rattata first, even though Nidoking and Nidoqueen arguably have um, a more interesting skill set mm. than a normal type. Yeah, well, I don't. I feel like I may have to hand in my my Pokemon badge right now, uh, my trainer card. I've never had a a Nidoking or a Nidoqueen, even though I'm aware that they're very good. You know, like beyond getting one and then just yeah, putting in the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 